Hey there, welcome to this edition of the Capitals Report on Wednesday, November 1st. John and Mike with you as we answer your questions and look at the week ahead. The Capitals coming back off a Western Canadian trip, now getting ready for the New York Islanders tomorrow night. Thoughts on the trip? I guess you could look at it a number of different ways. The Edmonton game was possibly the most complete game yeah. top to bottom this team's had all year. Vancouver was a game that went into the ditch in the second period, and the Calgary game was right there. They could have gotten a point. Yeah. They didn't. Two points out of six isn't great, but it's not disaster either, and now you're coming home to see the Islanders. Your thoughts as a whole on the trip? Yeah, game? I think you, you summed it up pretty nicely right there. I think that, that third game was a dagger because at that point, that's the rubber game of the trip. And they, they played a good game of road hockey for about 45, 50 minutes, put themselves in a position to to take that, to at least get that point that, that makes it a break-even trip at, at worst and makes it also a break-even month. And for just to make a note of it, this is the first time in 24 months. So dating back to 24 hockey months, dating back to January of 2014 when Adam Oates was still coaching this team, that the Caps had a losing record for the month. It's a pretty good achievement. It's a pretty hard thing to do. Um, so they missed it by that much. Uh, you know, and, and the play on which it happened, it, it, it bothers you a little bit because, the, you know, you, you got a veteran player that should have known a little bit better. Instead mm -hmm. of trying to make something happen here offensively, this is the time. I've been on the ice for a little more than a minute. I, I should get off here. I should dump and change. He didn't. He got poke checked. All of a sudden, you've got a two-on-one going in the other direction, and you're, you're short on gas getting back. Uh, look, when Johnny Gaudreau gets yeah. the puck in a situation like that and Sean Monaghan... Uh, two best players yeah. that could have gotten it, the two We talked about it before the game. That's the one line you had to shut down. And, of course, they, they were responsible for both of the goals. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough way to go. And you could tell Barry Trotz yesterday listening to him talk that it really bothered him that they didn't get that one point. He thought they should have gotten it. They were that close to getting it. And this is, you know, this team is now... We're like everyone else. For the last two years, the Caps were in an echelon of their own where if you, 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 know, you squandered a point here, you squandered a point there, you weren't too worried about it because you so knew... We win every night anyway, right? so you, yes, not the case now. It's not the case anymore. You're living among the, um, you know, the proletariat, so to speak. You're, you're in with all these other teams that are trying to get that 7, 8, 9 spot uh, in, in the uh, Eastern Conference. And... Squandered point in October is the same as a squandered point in March. Uh, so, so they're all important, and, and you got to keep them coming in. You got to keep piling them up, and that's what this team hasn't done yet. They won the first two games of the season. They got a point in the third game, and they haven't stacked up games with points since then. On the schedule grid, month by month, we get a calendar that has everything on the schedule, and you pull off October, and you look at November, and you see everything that lays out in front of you. <laughs> And when you see the schedule that starts in November, you see opportunity, or at least I do. I see you've got the game with the Islanders at home. You don't have a lot of rigorous travel. You do have that one stretch to go to Nashville and Denver. But other than that, you're pretty much home for the month. you got a lot of home games, an actual homestand coming yeah. up in the last half of the month, and some games that, on paper, you better win. Arizona, Buffalo, Boston scuffling. All of this coming in the first four games of the month, and then you've got some home games that are mixed in. Pittsburgh's not even going all that well right now. As bad as things have been, you've battled through to be about a 500 team. You're not great, but you're not terrible yeah. either. This is your opportunity, maybe even just in the next two weeks, two to three weeks. Maybe you get Matt Niskanen back at some point by mid-November. Maybe you get start to get some of these guys back. 
but winning in the meantime, regardless of that circumstance, you've got a schedule that's way more favorable than what this team just went through. Yeah, for sure. Especially, I think, in the first half of the month. Um, because like you said, it's not so disjointed and, and, and scrambled. And that's one of the reasons why I think when we looked at the schedule for October, we thought that breaking even for the month would be a pretty good achievement. They mm -hmm. missed it by one point. So it, it, like you said, it's, it's not the end of the world. But um, that, that was a hard first month of the season in a, in a lot of ways. And, and then you mix in the fact that there's a lot of new faces and there's a handful of injuries as well. Uh, the fact that, that they just came a point south of, of what passes for 500 in the modern NHL is not, uh, you know, not a bad thing. But like you say, it lays out nicely now. Um, and then, you know, to me, yeah, there's a lot of home games. You've got a, a ton of them at the end of the month. I think a four-game homestand and then a five-game homestand to start uh, December. So at one point, you've got nine of ten at home, and you're, you're spending 23 of 24 nights in your own bed, if you remember the Washington Capitals. That's not ideal either. That's not, you don't want that any more than you want, you know, a, a, a two-week road trip or, you know, one at home, one on the road, one at home, one on the road. Um, so, so it's just a different type of, uh, of, of an issue where, you know, guys get a little stale, I think, when, when they get to, to playing at home. And look, this team hasn't played that well at home thus far this season either. And, you know, Barry alluded to that yesterday as well. Uh, three straight losses uh, in regulation on home ice is, is what they're bringing in to tomorrow's game against the Islanders. And, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know when the last time that happened was, but I would think it would be pre-trots, uh, three straight regulation losses on home ice. A question from Zach about thoughts on Bowie and Juice so far. I, I think when you look at their body of work, you're taking the good with the bad, but you're also developing guys. Yeah. And you you have to live with that. That's part of the salary cap era. Yep. You have to, and I think there's been good. I think it was a little lost in the shuffle. Madison Bally had his first multi-point game at Edmonton. Uh, Christian Juice has shown offensive upside. I, there's, there's good, there's mistakes, but having the faith, and I, I like the way that the defense has been managed to this point, we say, look, you're gonna play. Part of it's out of necessity because there's not a whole lot of other option right now, but part of it, you, you can see it with a ramp up and the ramp down in minutes. We saw big minutes for Orpik. Yeah. We saw big minutes for Carlson and Edmonton. You ramp it back down. They get a little bit more in Calgary. Uh, it's. I think this coaching staff's done a really nice job with bringing those guys along. Absolutely. And and, and then you mentioned Orpik's minutes. For my money, he's been their best defenseman and yes. their most consistent defenseman uh, in the first 12 games. And it's uh, it's hard to imagine where they'd be without him right now because he is has been a real stabilizing uh, force back there. And, and he's been helping bring these these young kids along. He's effusive in his praise of how much they want to learn and how willing they are and how humble they are. And, you know, talking about how, you know, sometimes get the guys get to this level and they just expect things to happen for them. These guys, they've got good heads on their shoulders. But like you said, Johnny, they are developing on the fly here. And where the caps are right now, um, I think people, this, this is something for, for people to be mindful of too. The last couple of years, this team's roster was set in October, and it was basically set in, in February, too. Maybe you'd add a guy, uh, a spare part or so in, uh, at the trade deadline. But now I think you're going to be looking at this team right now on November 1st, and you're going to be looking at it again, say, on February 1st, and the personnel may be the same, but the team should be a lot different then because of exactly what you're talking about, these guys developing as they go along. And ideally, right now you're seeing their minutes around 12, 13 a night. Ideally, by February, they'd be up around 15, 16 minutes a night. 
um, talking to guys like Carlson and Orbic about how long does it take before a guy feels really comfortable uh, in his shoes in the league and, and feels like he belongs and isn't looking over his shoulder and worrying that he's going back to the American League. Um, those guys basically said you need to go around the league once. That's when you feel like you've got a good handle on it. So, I mean, theoretically, that takes a half a season, three quarters of a season, where you've seen most of the personnel in the league, and you're looking at a pre-scout in the morning of a game, and you're seeing a guy dangle, and you're like, yeah, I know that. I, I, I know that guy can do that because the last time we played them, I saw that. You know, So uh, I think these, these are little milestones that, that we'll get to along the way. Um, but so far, so good. I, I like what I've seen, mm -hmm. too. You're going to see some growing pains. There are going to be some games where mistakes are going to happen. But you know what? So far, I, I haven't seen these guys make any more mistakes than, than the veteran guys uh, have made. When, when the Caps have, have come off the rails, it's not usually been the kids uh, that, that have been responsible for it so far. Question from Jimmy, uh, why the inconsistent offense doesn't seem we can score goals at will anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably along the lines of where say, hey, we're, you know, it's just another team at this point yeah. uh, and trying to find their way. And I think if you look, just go line by line. Ovechkin and Kuznetsov breaking in Jacob Vrana. Andre Burakovsky was in on the second line, then he got hurt. Now you're patchworking that. You see Tom Wilson move up. You've got a lot of just moving things around on the chessboard here a little bit to try and find what gels together. And you need some time for that. And I think that, first of all, the first couple of weeks of the season, there were, they were scoring it well with the Ovechkins and the Ochis, but you weren't getting yeah. that secondary scoring. I think I'd be encouraged right now after the Edmonton game, you're starting to see a Devontae Smith-Pelly, whose game I've liked all season. Uh, I, have, I, I like getting him moved up there. I like yep. that. Uh, but I think that's a lot of us. You're just trying to get used to playing with different guys. Well, and, and the other thing is, look, the, the last couple of years you had Justin Williams, who was almost a lock for 20, scored 20 goals both, both seasons he was here. Uh, Marcus Johansson was a lock to come in around 18 to, to 24, 25. You could pretty much set your watch by his production. So you knew what you were getting from those guys, and you were counting on those guys, and they came through. They were pretty consistent year in and year out, month in and month out, and you knew what you were getting. You don't have that anymore. Again, like you said, we come back to the, to the pack here where you're hoping a guy like Devontae Smith-Pelly can deliver you somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15. You're hoping Alex Chason can deliver you somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12. Just based on you know previous performance, um, maybe playing with this guy, these two guys here versus playing with those two guys with that other team before, um, you've gone from knowing to hoping. And, and, you know, there's, there's a vast difference there. And until, um, you know, some of these guys start, start to feel comfortable and are able to produce, and if they are able to produce, um, you know, this is, this is what we're left with now. And, you know, Chicago, Pittsburgh, there's teams that have done this, uh, you know, year in and year out. And, so, you know, not everything that those two teams touch turns to gold, you know. Look at Chicago. They, they made a nice little gamble on a guy like Richard Ponick, and that's worked out tremendous for him. The Caps are certainly hoping that, you know, even, even one of Chason or Smith-Pelly is, uh, you know, can deliver the season that Brett Connolly delivered last year. Um, but e even that, that's 15 goals. That's not 20. That's not 25. So that's still going to leave you short somewhere else, and that means, you know, a guy like Kuznetsov, maybe instead of scoring 18 or 19, you might need 25 out of him. You had 65 goals walk out the door. 
last summer, and uh, that many did not walk back in. So some guys, you know, maybe it's Ovechkin getting, you know, 40 or 42 instead of 33, 34 that he got last year, too. A couple of questions regarding fourth line. Uh, Victor asking about Peluso, three to five minutes last game. When do you play Walker? And a question from Chris about why Peluso over Liam O'Brien. Same type player, OB, more offensive upside. Well, he has recently. OB had a nice yeah. weekend down in Hershey. The Bears won two or three under some pretty trying circumstances. I like Nathan Walker. I want to see him in the lineup at some point. That's Absolutely. my personal feeling, but just the, the speed that he brings, uh, an energy guy. I liked his chemistry with Jay Beagle. I feel like everybody has chemistry with Jay Beagle, but yeah. uh, but Nathan certainly does. Uh, you know, it's nice that Anthony gets a, a look. I feel like, you know, even with Chase on a little bit too, coaching staff wants those veteran guys and are certainly going to give them the first crack at it. There is a, a, a certain merit order perhaps to all of this. I think but. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Peluso showed well in the preseason, and I think there's a tendency to go back to guys like that. They tend to work themselves high up on a call-up list, where you know two or two or three guys go down. I remember this guy. It was only you know three four weeks ago. He he looked good in some preseason games and some in, intra-squad scrimmages. Um, let's see how he's doing down there. Let's call him up if and he's got NHL experience. But I'm with you. I think. Uh, I would much rather see Nathan Walker getting 8, 9, 10, 12 minutes a night on the fourth line, Work, try to work him in on the PK if, if that's what you want to do too, um, than, than to see the, those minutes and uh, less minutes going uh, to, to Peluso. That, that's just my, my opinion. Um, he's a guy that you drafted and, and, and are hoping uh, to develop, and, and if not him, Give me Barber. Give me Boyd. Let's let's move. Let's let's see what we've got here. Let's see what's in the cupboard. Um, let's see if any of these guys can play going forward. Um, you're going to have some openings next year too. It's to me, it's kind of imperative to find out which of these guys you think can play for you going yeah. forward, um, because you're going to have some more UFA uh, issues coming up uh, next summer. And to your point, Travis Boyd, multi-point games. He's racking them up down at mm-hmm. Hershey right now. So if they're looking for offense. He maybe he's the next guy. Uh, place to leave it here, a lot of questions about timeline of return for Matt Niskanen, Andre Burakovsky, Brett Connolly. Uh, Connell seems to be a little murky, but maybe sooner rather than later. Niskanen we know can't come back before November 7th. Uh, Andre's a ways down the road. Uh, Barry seemed a little vague about that yesterday, at least as far as Connolly was concerned. Yeah, I, I, th- I don't know. I think Connolly, um, th- that's going to be a day-to-day issue. Um, Niskanen, like you said, can't come back before the 7th. Um, you're going to see him practice a couple of times before he's back in the lineup, I would think. Uh, same thing with Burakovsky. That seems to be a little more clad in stone as a uh, six- to eight-week uh, issue from the date of the surgery, which was sometime when we were out of town last week. So um, you're down to probably, what, uh, five to seven weeks on Burakovsky, and maybe Niskanen was uh, October 13th. So. You're only about three weeks from that. You're, you're probably looking at three to four weeks still for, for Niskanen. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't look for any anybody coming off uh, IR. And Tyler Grailvac, same thing. I, I think he's still weeks away as well. So I don't think there's anyone imminently hopping off IR to, uh, to save the day here. I think what, you're, what you see is what you get uh, for, for, the, for the next few games anyway. Caps back at home. Islanders tomorrow. Quick trip to Boston and a home game Monday against the Arizona Coyotes. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Capitals Report.